As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Sifpop Podcast is recorded in front of a live internet audience. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, just 15 miles away from the birthplace of Jason Bourne, it's Sift Pop. That's true, that's true. It is. I saw it again in the new Jason Bourne movie. His birth certificate, yeah, his birth certificate was on there and said born in Nixon, Missouri, which, by the way, can we just start with this? There's no hospital in Nixon, Missouri. It this is the closest one, Cox South. Yeah, the closest one is in Springfield. That means that we could go walk through the halls right now. It was uh-huh. a home. It was a home birth. That's probably it. <laughs> That's right. Yes, it, it was probably was an amazing, like, really incredible, That's probably strong true. birth. Because yeah. he's such a strong person, it's yeah. part of his character. I'm building. sure it will be the mystery that centers, you know, born six will be around his his home birth with a doula. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> while under gunfire S- such an incredible start to the podcast the, the I, this is what you guys got me here for you guys <laughs> normally talk about movies and here i come hey guys home burst <laughs> <laughs> listen i've already got the name i've already got the name the born gestation oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. No. The born, the born, borning. <laughs> born was born. Born, born again. Born, born, born again. again. There it is. It's born again. That's Starring what it is. Jeremy Renner. <laughs> Amazing. Well, welcome to Sif Pop with Aaron, Andrew, and Danae, streaming live on Mixler every Friday or available to download later in your podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. Mm-hmm. Every week, we'll be joined by a pop culture guru to chat about movies, television, whatever else is on our minds. Except this week. Except this week. Well, now that now that Andrew's a permanent member, you know, uh, the gurus, I think, will kind of come in and out, and none of them were available this week, so it's the three of us, Let's which I kind of like. You'll have to settle for me, people. <laughs> we sent out guilt emails to all of the gurus. We did. Shame. Needless to say, a few of them off the Christmas card list. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. We have a list on our whiteboard. The Christmas list of gurus. There are black marks through a few names. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so please welcome, if you would, from Flick Freaks, it's Andrew Armsby. Ahoy. 
and our our what shall we call it pop culture ambassador. She doesn't necessarily partake in the country of pop Such culture, a good title. but she loves to bridge that culture. It's mm-hmm. Ambassador Danae. Thank you, everyone. Woo-hoo. Thank you. And I'm Aaron Dicer. I do uh, movie reviews at yourmoviefriend.com. What are we so, calling you? Uh, Captain Aaron works. <laughs> you are waiting. You are waiting. Yeah, at least he didn't say like president or emperor or anything like that. That's true. He didn't. He didn't even pretend to pause. Yeah. yeah. He's just like I'm the captain now. Thank yeah. you for asking. I'm the captain now. I am the captain. All right. Well, speaking of Almighty Aaron, Paul Greengrass, who directed Captain Phillips, by the way, yeah, uh, he directed the movie we're talking about today, Jason Bourne. We're also going to be talking a little bit about the uh, adaptation of the graphic novel Preacher. Uh, that is having, uh, really coming to a conclusion of its first, I think they're doing a 10-episode run uh, for the first season. So we'll chat a little bit about that. And, of course, we'll have our buried treasure at the end as well. But we like to start with a little thing we call Do We Care? This is where Ambassador Danae will read some (laughs) pop culture headlines, and uh, we'll decide if it's something that we want to talk about. So this title, two weeks after its release, Ghostbusters has yet to make back its production budget. (laughs) Do we care? So care. I, I kind of care. Why do you, Why do you vehemently care, Andrew? For the simple fact that it's such a mirror of the original Ghostbusters, sure. a low budget film that skyrocketed in just that huge gross of you know return that that movie saw, and the fact that they spent 144 million dollars on this one. Yeah, and I think it's accrued 30 million so far. That is detrimental yeah there well in the considering what they wanted to do was to create a like a ghostbusters expanded universe and have this whole you know series of movies i think well, it's, that's what i was going to ask you guys is what what you felt their downfall was female cast and i still think that pe- no i shouldn't say that i was gonna I say, say man I'll, I'll fight you about that one no, i don't no, think that, I, I don't no, think you, the, no, you not I, no no i'm not guys, saying I'm for the me ambassador. no I'm, okay no, no fighting no because we had this argument not for me for a huge part oh, portion of, of culture portion of culture mm-hmm. because okay. you and me we like the movie yeah we thought it's it was true, pretty you guys good did. yeah yeah i'm just saying that and for the simple fact and i think this was really its huge detriment whenever you try and you remake su- something so iconic as ghostbusters you're gonna get a lot of flack for i it. think that's more of the reason i read I, I and would, i do agree with you i think that's the major i probably should have led with that one. yeah <laughs> no it's okay grace uh, this was part of the article. As we reported some time ago, this is from entertainment.ie, by the way. As we reported some time ago, Ghostbusters wasn't screened in China, the world's second largest film market, due to a strict propaganda law. So do you think that had something to do with it? Because uh, it also, the fact that Ghostbusters doesn't have much much of a cultural impact there, do you think that's part of the reason why it didn't bring in what maybe other movies could because it wasn't screened in the second well, largest Well, overseas market. grosses are having more and more to do with the success of films now. I was about uh, to ask you, I think it's 50% domestic and then 50% global. Which is so different than it was 10 years ago, 20 years ago. It was ago. like 85% yeah. domestic. And, uh, and so you're seeing movies that you go, like here in the States, you go like, why did that get a sequel? And it's because you don't realize how much money it made overseas. Like, for instance... Uh, and actually, I'm glad this one is getting a sequel because I kind of enjoyed the first one. Pacific Rim is like that. Pacific Rim so was good. Pacific Rim was a flop in the U.S. Though it really did not do a lot of domestic box office, but overseas it was a hit. I like think a that huge it, hit. Well, especially it's a kaiju film, so mm-hmm. in the Asian market, that movie is going to destroy. Because yes, they love their kaiju movies, but they also love what 
uh, Western culture can do with CGI mm-hmm. and how realistic. So yeah. if you combine the two, that movie is going to kill overseas. Yeah, and so and it did, and so that's yeah. why we're getting a sequel. And I love that. I love that that can happen. And I think it's it's a better look at the pop culture taste of our world too. So you can feel a little bit um, put off by that, that you're seeing more and more movies use a more and more diverse cast from all over the world. You're seeing more and more diverse themes and diverse settings. And that can maybe put you off because it's not, you know, your world necessarily. But I love it. I think it's a great way to, you know, just kind of embrace what pop culture means, not just here in the U.S., but, you know. And the domestic market for Pacific Rim was all me pretty much because I went and saw the movie. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's one of my favorite mouth breather movies, you know, where you just turn off your brain. You go giant robots, giant monsters. (laughs) Here's the thing, though. People don't give that movie enough credit that there's some depth there. There is some depth there about cooperation and working together. That is, I know, I know it's intentional. There are too many lines and too many things that happen. It's about relationships, about people working together, fathers and clearly and sons it's important and to you because siblings and yeah, no, there you've kept it in your mind all this time instead of <laughs> launching true. into space. Well, I, I can't believe we're talking about Pacific Rim. Let's I go back either. to Ghostbusters. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, let's go to the next one for the next. Sounds do good. we care? Um, do we care that Star Trek Beyond will not have any additional scenes on the DVD Blu-ray? I never watch them, so for me personally, it's not that huge of a deal. I'm in the same boat. I I used to. Li- did you, were you a commentary person? Have you ever been a commentary person? Oh, a huge commentary yeah. person. Yeah, so am I. And me and, three. And I yeah. used to love watching all the deleted scenes, all the stuff, listening to commentaries. And now that everything's digital, I just don't do it anymore. Well, what's interesting is that even though uh, uh, films will have, they'll release a DVD, Blu-ray they usually will have like blooper scenes, extra scenes, just something more for the fan to sink into. And yeah. I think what was what was commented on on this one, which, by the way, this is a clickbait. The title of this was Why Star Trek Beyond Doesn't Have Any Deleted Scenes. Okay. And the answer is... Because everybody hated each other. We because the movie's not out on DVD. <laughs> we were yet. very surgical. It was a t- really tight schedule. The challenge became our friend at the end of the day. There were a couple of moments with Spock and Bones that I ended up taking out, but it's very slight. So everything you see in the film is pretty much what we shot. <laughs> Meaning, <laughs> wow. the reason that there aren't any extra is because there wasn't any They don't have extra. anything to show you. Well, here's my thing with deleted scenes. Clickbait. Here's my thing with deleted scenes, and I think this is a great thing because I love outtakes, but outtakes and deleted scenes are two different things. That's outtakes, outtakes are, are fun. funny. Yeah, I like outtakes. Outtakes are a blast. But deleted scenes, and I think the, the industry is realizing this, are deleted for a reason. For a reason. And yeah. when you give the know, audience I, that... Maybe in some cases, but in the case of Lord of the Rings, there was such a love for that but that entire was, world. But that was an expanded edition. That's a little different than deleted But there were expanded scenes. editions, but there were also extras at the end oh, okay. of just things. Yeah. I don't remember if there was any deleted scenes in there. I would need to go just to double check because I can't speak for certain. I know that I watched like 20 plus hours yeah. of the making of. Oh, which that's, is, that's, I that's love Making that. of, again, is a totally different Freaking thing, too. I love that. And the fact that that, because I bought that at, for Christmas last year, I bought myself the expanded Blu-ray trilogy of yep. the first three movies. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's good. It's good. It's really good. Have you seen the Batman v Superman extended edition? No. I haven't taken the that, time to watch it everybody either. Everybody says it makes the movie better. I'm like, well, then they should have put made that yeah. the real movie then. <laughs> How, that movie felt too long already. It's so weird to think of putting more in it could make it better. But, yeah. And it's strange. Last and I'd be very critical. On yeah. Do We Care, I'm actually going to do something a little different. Because Do We Care About Comic-Con? And we do all care about Comic-Con. Yes. But there's a lot of different <laughs> news kind of things going on. And I thought maybe, Andrew, you might have some stuff well, to talk about for thing. Comic-Con. Because I may- do care about 
about what's going yeah, on. Yeah, and I can talk about what I thought about the trailers. Aaron, you can talk about all of the other stuff that you noticed coming out. Well, I, I think the trailers are pretty much the big thing. And I actually uh, posted a Twitter rant on trailers because, you know, our, our hashtag zero frames. I wouldn't you know, say policy. We. Uh, Yeah, you're saying R. Yeah. But you well, can't say R anymore because Andrew's not that that's, way. That's true. That's I'm true. The pra- I'm you the can't praise speak fl- for all the SIF pop anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so I did, I did go on a Twitter rant about that. Having said that, I'm not against pre-marketing movies. I'm not against letting people know who's in them, you know, what the tone might be, those kind of things. I'm just against ruining the context of actual frames of film that serve a, you know, serve a story purpose and now are being used for a marketing purpose. Rant over. Let's talk about the trailers that came out of Comic-Con. So for me personally, there were five trailers that stuck out above the rest. And I'm going to go from least anticipated to most anticipated. I like this. I'm not going to spend too much time on them because we actually got to get to the meat and bones of this podcast. No worries. So the one that, and I'm going to say this, they're all really good. I will say that. Okay. So the one that uh, at the bottom of my list is Guy Ritchie's new movie, King Arthur. Okay. So it's going to have Charlie Hunnam, who was in Pacific Rim. Yep. You're also going to have uh, Demon Hansu, who I, was one of my favorite actors. That mm-hmm. guy's so good. And uh, yeah, it just imagine Lock, Stock, Two Smoking Barrels about King Arthur. And- imagine Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels about King Arthur. <laughs> I was doing my own trailer. Lock, there. stock, and two smoking Excaliburs. There you go. <laughs> there you go. So, <laughs> Guy Ritchie doing an Arthur movie. That's and you know what? It looks really interesting because it definitely has that Sherlock feel to it. Okay. But it's also set in a supernatural world. So, this is going to be interesting because, you know, Guy Ritchie also finds himself with movies where he likes to ground it within reality. Do you usually like Guy Ritchie movies? I love Guy Ritchie okay, movies. Okay, cool. Love Guy Ritchie's. So next up, we're going to have... And that's your least anticipated. Yes. Okay. Next up, we have the second trailer for Doctor Strange. Okay. Benedict uh, Cumberbatch, right? Benedict Cumberbatch. Marvel movie. Yes. And like I said, I'm a huge fan of all these movies. I just had to rank them. Okay. So... Um, yeah, I was pretty Because some people stoked. have that impulse, you know. Exactly. To rank things. Yeah, it, Aaron and I are addicted <laughs> Most to people who love things. pop culture have that impulse. And exactly. you have discovered this with every single person that comes it's in on true. our show. It's, it's like your common everybody DNA. Wants to talk, yeah. Rank things. Yep. So um, uh, I'm super stoked for this movie to come out. Cannot wait. And the more I see about it, the more I get excited for it. I'm seeing more of... The first trailer showed us, you know, how serious and cool this movie is going to be. But this movie... Doctor Strange? Oh. Or are you on to the next one? No, no, this is still Doctor Strange. Okay, yeah, yeah. But this one, it showed that there actually is going to be some lighthearted humor in it that we do see in the Marvel Universe that really sets them apart. I think at this point, Marvel has kind of attained Pixar status for me, which is, I'm just on board. Like, I mean, whatever you're going <laughs> to show me. no wrong. Yeah, well, it's just like, and, it, and it's just, it comes from movie after movie after movie, just having a great movie going experience, you know? And so I think that just kind of adds up over time. And also the fact that if you do know, like, the lore about Doctor Strange. Which I don't. It's a fascinating story. And he is arguably the most powerful character in comic, like, yeah. Wow. He's, but obviously they're going to have to tone him down for the movies otherwise. Cool. All right. What's number three? Uh, number three, we have Wonder Woman. Okay. Now, this no, is no, the no, one. I take that back. I take that back. Sorry. Okay. We're going to go with the Justice League movie. Okay. All right. We did. They League. did show the Justice League movie and technically wasn't a trailer. It was just, you know, footage from the movie. So here's, oh, here's what I hear about Justice League. And maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong on this about the trailer. This is what the buzz has been. Oh, look at who's trying to be Marvel now. Yeah, it, it, because um, 
Man of Steel and BVS were such dark, gritty yeah, yeah. series. Well, that's always been the thing. The Nolanization, the, well, Zack Snyder thing. Yeah. You know? This so. one does have a lighthearted feel to it. There's jokes being thrown around. Um, Ezra Miller, who's going to be playing... The Flash, right? He's going to be playing the Flash, Barry Allen. He looks like he's going to be hilarious. And yes, I'm still one of those guys who is upset that Grant Gustin's not going to be playing the Flash, but... Honestly, I think Ezra Miller is going to do a really good job. Forgive me, who's Grant Gustin? He's the Flash in the CW series. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. He should absolutely be in the movie, too. Yes. That blows my mind that they wouldn't do that. I mean, do they really just think he's not a good enough actor to pull it off? What about his contractual stuff? It might be. You know, you gotta, you, people own people, yeah, yeah, and yeah. there's different agencies, and Warner uh, that's what I'm and CW are two is, different is, entities, maybe. And... I think that Warner Brothers could buy out CW if they wanted to. <laughs> that's true. But, that's you probably know, true. Because, you know... I hate to say this, it's what Marvel does. They have a they have a universe that goes from Netflix to Fox mm-hmm. to their movies. It's yeah. all connected. Yeah, it's all interconnected. And I just wish that DC had done that too. Yeah. Um, next, next up, up is Wonder Woman. Now, this is the one I've heard the most about. <sighs> I thought looks, it would be your number one. Everybody no. is raving about the look yeah. of this movie. This is going to be the saving grace of the DC universe. You if think it's so? Any, if it's well, she anything, was the best part about Batman versus Superman. She was. One of the best parts, yeah. And a movie centered around her because not a lot of people, everybody loves Wonder Woman. This is an origin story I am stoked for. Okay. Because A, not a lot of people know about it. B, it's a really good story. And the way that it looks like it's shot, you know, like yeah, her meeting but, Chris Pine. And, but maybe it won't be okay. <laughs> but is that is that what I'm supposed to do? Yeah. Oh yeah. But as the then, ambassador. As the ambassador. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah. I think I just called devil's advocate. I don't think they could have cast anybody better than Gal to play Gal Gadot. Yeah. I liked her in Batman v Superman. Yeah, she's really she's good. But gorgeous. I had, she was terrifying. I hadn't and, watched any trailers, so I had no idea that was going to be Wonder oh, that Woman. She was going to be in it. Well, I didn't even know who that. Like, I saw her and I was like, oh, cool. Who's that? And I had no clue. Even that she had really beautiful plated golden jewelry mm-hmm. which is a nod to like her you know, suit her suit and which is i remember being really like captivated by her clothing and mm. how she was dressed really i'm curious well. do you think that they over sexualized her suit because i think they actually toned it down no. from like that uh no the patriotic even though she's not american no, I think suit that they had her in at I didn't this get that point sense. for me over sexualized no, that's what i'm saying i agree with is... it but i've heard people say that you know she was still oversexualized by the top cut off and the short shorts. I'm like, but have you ever seen? Have drawn. you ever seen a Wonder Woman comic where yeah. it's way, way worse? That's where. She, that's first of all how she's drawn, and and second, you know, she looks like a she's a beautiful woman. Yeah, the actress well, it's not, herself. It's not like it's any different for the men. I think they have skin tight suits they, on their torsos, and yeah. like you know, if, it's that's true. Would have um like added in implants or something crazy, right? Like, oh, to make her breasts really, like huge. Yeah, I think if they would have animated her up like that, I would have been more offended. But I thought they just enhanced her beauty. Yeah. Well, and it sounds like it made it fierce. Yeah, and and that brings me to what I was about to say, which it sounds like they're starting to really get the character of Wonder Woman in kind of the essence of who she is with you know uh, with this character as far as the strength of you know the the you know the you know, the woman planet that she comes from, the Amazon planet that she comes from, and just all the things that make her who she is. And so it's not just about, you know, a chick with a lasso. Did you know that, I I don't know, maybe I shouldn't say did you know. I heard something that I think is true, but it's still, this is is a little bit like crazy, but like Amazon women used to cut off their left breast so that they could, or right breast, whatever, to be able to shoot bows and arrows better and fight better. 
And it was part of what Amazon meant is it was like they were warring women who would actually mutilate their bodies so that they could actually war better. I actually, that does sound familiar. Doesn't it sound familiar? I just recently... Cannot I'm not gonna, or deny. I'm, yeah, I'm not going to take the time to Snopes it right now, but <laughs> but I will say um, isn't that intense? I will say anyway. both wow, amazing, and also Ew, no, yeah, no. <laughs> uh, no. Final, so, final, trail. final Can I guess? trailer. From Can Comic I guess Con. your number one? Yes, go I want to guess. I want to guess too. All right, why oh. did you guess first? Really? Yeah, Galaxy. Okay, um, my guess is uh, Kong Island. Kong Skull Island. Kong no! Skull Island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about? Oh my. What about the- Galaxy. I, Guardians of the Galaxy. The I really, 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 really want you to put your uh, no frames pledge on hold <laughs> to see this trailer because, oh my gosh, this movie is going to be so amazing. I'm just going to list. Well, off I want to see it in the theater. See, that's the thing. I want to see that that grandeur and the thing that people are talking about. I hear, I hear they're setting up kind of a Godzilla King Kong expanded 20, universe. 2019 Godzilla is going to fight King Kong. Yeah, and so. I love that, and I love if it's the same feel. I loved Godzilla, the the new Godzilla they did. Oh, I thought was, was really good. I so. think it was in my top ten movies of the 2014. So I'm excited. I think I think they've got a good thing going. So before I just listen Fun. to this cast, okay, okay. yeah, yeah. Fun. Tom Hiddleston, absolutely great. Brie Larson, the best. Sam Jackson, awesome. And John Goodman, yeah. That's. I mean, it's they've set it up perfect. And the trailer, it had this. Vietnam feel to it because it does play, take place early 70s late 60s somewhere around there yeah so it's actually taking place before Godzilla does so it's like a prequel like a little bit of a prequel mm-hmm. and uh the way that it's shot it just the way that they move with the oranges and the reds yeah, yeah. and stuff like that very apocalypse now kind of feeling oh it, was, yeah, yeah. it had such a full metal jacket apocalypse now feel to it and um the really interesting thing about it was that uh People were really concerned that King Kong, because everybody's thinking about the Peter Jackson movie, there's no way Kong is going to be big enough to fight Godzilla. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, he is. <laughs> oh, yeah, he is. So, yeah. That's great. Definitely my number one. Comic-Con this year was phenomenal. And, of course, they I, showed all the Netflix stuff like Defenders and Iron Fist um, and I won't, Luke Cage. Uh, I think that's about all we need to do uh, to talk about Comic-Con. I will add one piece of news that seems to me to be above the rest and maybe something we just want to touch on before we go on. That Groot is coming back? That Groot is coming Baby back. Groot. No, no, that is not the piece of news. Uh, you mentioned uh, Brie Larson. And the announcement oh, of her casting yes. as Captain Marvel yeah, she's is, gonna be Captain Marvel. is just perfect. I and honestly don't think they could have got anybody better. No, no. And and just again, Bumble, I just I give them credit. They're just they're putting out great movie after great movie. And I and Danae, you're right. I'm excited for Guardians of the Galaxy two, you know, to see what they do with that universe next. And it's just I'm just excited to see where it all goes. I'm excited to see where the Avengers go with the Infinity Stones and all that stuff and finally get into more of the Thanos stuff and I have I just, no idea who Brie Larson is. Okay, she, so she won an Oscar. Didn't she win the Oscar this year? For Room. For Room? Didn't yeah. see it. Okay, so yeah. That she's movie great. will make you cry. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. I haven't seen anything that she's in. Go Captain, ahead, list them. Captain Marvel, 2019. Yeah, Kong good. Skull Island, 2017. The Glass Castle, Free Fire, all of those are here. And then they've got Room, Trainwreck, Digging for Fire, The Gambler, Community, Coral Show... I haven't seen either. I don't remember, like, Community of the Show. The TV show Community? So it looks like TV series. Brie Larson was in Community? She Her may have had, Rachel. like, a... Uh, maybe just she like the camera. Three... That's interesting. She's she's fairly maybe new. Maybe on Amazon whenever I didn't watch Community. <laughs> <laughs> she's fairly Brie new on the, on the scene, 
but I, she's just kind of blown up because she's an amazing actress. Yeah. So they, I mean, they have her right at the perfect time. Oh, she was also a, in a Scott Pilgrim. I, was I think say, that was it one seems of her like first. She's say, her face is super familiar. Did I not go down far enough? <gasps> you guys, Scott Pilgrim came out in 2010. Yeah. That was, <laughs> been a, that was it's six been a years ago. It's been a minute. Oh my yeah. goodness. Yeah. Now I know who she is. There yeah. you go. But, oh, thank you, man. Mar- that, I think I appreciate that. Marvel cut themselves off a nice slice of brie. Yeah. So they're going to be, they're going to be doing oh, good. Oh, cheese jokes. I'm sorry. Was that joke a little too cheesy? Cheese. Was it a little too cheesy, guys? Uh, was it a little here. too cheesy? Abort. Abort. <laughs> Ah, yes. Love that theme. A little bit of Moby for you. This is the first Wait, born, Moby right? Moby did that? Moby did this song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did not know that. Now that you say it, it makes so much sense. Yeah, and but it's been in every born movie since then, hasn't it? Yeah, it's it's Bourne's theme song. It can't be changed. It's perfect. And Moby does make perfect sense. That blew my mind. Yeah, so... By the way, did not know that. Uh, you learn well, something new no. every day, kids. <laughs> Fourteen years ago was Stop the born it. identity. Mm-hmm. Fourteen years ago, and he hasn't aged today. <laughs> no, he has aged. Actually, that was part of this movie. Was they had like a flashback, and he looks so much younger. And I was like, oh wow, he actually, you know. He has aged since then. But not 14 years worth, I wouldn't say. <laughs> well, he looks... When you're a super spy, I think aging goes a little bit different. So yes. we're going to chat a little bit about Jason Bourne, the uh, new movie in the Bourne franchise. Uh, this is a franchise that was started uh, by Tony Gilroy with Matt Damon in The Bourne Identity, then handed over to Paul Greengrass as director for the second two movies, which many consider to be the best movies in the franchise. Uh, and then handed back to Tony Gilroy, kind of as a slap in the face to Paul Greengrass because he wouldn't do another one. Yeah. Uh, and with Jeremy Renner. With Jeremy Renner. And now we're on to the fifth one. And Greengrass is back. Matt Damon is back. Tommy Lee Jones is in it. Alicia Vikander uh, is in it as well. And uh, we are coming back to Bourne. And once again, he's got a mystery to figure out about his past and who he is. And that's kind of the the essence of all these movies is him figuring out who he is as a person. Um, we like to start off with just really simple. Did you like it? Love it? It was okay. Disliked it? Hated it? And uh, as usual, Ambassador Danae will kind of play Ambassador here. She that's hasn't correct. seen seen the film, but both uh, Andrew and I have. Andrew, what do you think? I liked it. Yeah? I liked it. I, as well, liked it. I have to tell you, I'm right between it was okay and liked it. I, so I'm a, probably a little bit lower than you. I'm definitely not going to say I really liked it. Yeah. And I'm above, I know I'm above okay, so I'm going to stick with I liked That's it. That's a little disappointing to hear. Yeah, why is that? I liked the first ones, but they're super intense, but they're one of the first movies where, you know, the fight scenes cut out all music and it was just, you know, fist to faces sounds. Mm-hmm. It kind of felt a little bit like. Uh, Ultimatum club. is hands down my favorite out of all of them, and that's the third, third, third yeah. Matt Damon one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I actually would agree with that. Ultimatum is is a brilliant movie. Yeah, and what I always loved about these movies is they combined real intense visceral action with a real thought provoking plot. Like not just in the like yeah. the content or the themes, but I also mean in the way they brought you through it and figured out the story. Yeah. In a mystery yeah. in the beginning. But what's interesting about this movie is that it is following all these, you know, this time in the series. So I'm 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 hoping that, you know, you guys said you liked it, which means you know, maybe they kind of And I'm hit not the hoping I say I liked it because I'm such a fan of this franchise. Mm-hmm. I think that I actually do did 
actually just like the movie for itself. Well, let's, why don't you talk a little bit about it then, since you liked it a little bit more than me. Talk about the things you like. Let's start there. Um, first off, Matt Damon, he just, uh, no pun intended, he kills this role. <laughs> he is so good. I spied as, that myself. Yeah. I'm just kidding. He is just, <laughs> from first identity all the way here to Jason Bourne, he knows this character through and through, even though the character doesn't really know himself. And <laughs> the fact that he just he can bring it every single time, and whenever you see him on screen, you go, that's not Matt Damon, that's Jason Bourne, just speaks to you. Because that's hard for A, like, AAA actors. Like, most of the time you're like, oh, that's Tom Hanks on screen, or oh, that's Christian Bale. But whenever they know what they're doing, you forget that that's Tom Hanks or Christian Bale or Matt Damon on screen. And I think he does it in this movie. I agree. I was having that conversation with somebody just recently about the difference between an actor who plays himself in every movie, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Like some actors, actors like Kevin Costner was that way. Costner basically played Costner in every movie he was in. But he was a great field of dreams is great. Like he's been in some great performances, even though he's basically playing the same dude. Yeah. There are a couple exceptions to that, by the way. Costner does do a couple character acting things in a movie here or there. But I, mean for the, <laughs> but I think for the most part. And then there are other actors who are able to, you know, kind of morph into these other characters. Matt Damon has always struck me as the kind of actor who plays Matt Damon in his movies. And here he really is Jason Bourne. And there's a slight difference there. So I, I actually, you know, I hear what you're saying. I read something really interesting. And you guys kind of referenced it when we first first started chatting about it before Aaron Cunningham you went into the the, ba- the basics. Um, but the director said, um, he said to Matt, look, if the movie starts and you look like you've lived well for the past 10 years, then we have no movie. You have to look like you've suffered. And the only way to do that is to suffer. And Matt Damon was like, oh, yeah, you're right. So he had to get back into the gym. He was 29 when he first played Jason. Now he's 45. Yeah. So I think it's great that even though Matt knows his character in and out, he also knew in and out. He had to go back through what he had to go through to get into that character again. Mm-hmm. That stuff blows my mind when because you're giving away parts of your life as an actor and actress. You're, yeah, that's you're, what they do. Yeah. You're handing over your body and your perspective and everything to someone to mold and shape so that it fits into their movie category. Absolutely. And I'm not going to lie, you just made me so mad. Yeah? <laughs> the fact that you said that Matt Damon is 45 and he looks younger than me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he'd be the oldest one in the room. You know? oh, he would be the Gosh, oldest one in the room. So, but not by, by much. That by, makes me feel... By a lot. By a ton. Oh, come on, He'd be Aaron. so much older than me. <laughs> You're closer in age to Matt Damon than you are to me. Stop it! <laughs> oh, man. Anyways, I thought that was a really interesting perspective. That came from Today.com on their pop culture section. and uh, so. Oh, that's, that's 100% the case. And he does look battered and even tired. I think he's tired of running in yeah. this one. And it definitely shows in like the way he's built this character. That's and that's incredible. and that's what I was talking about when you say, you know, he doesn't look older. I you know, there is a tiredness to this role that I think is serves the movie well. I will also say on the things that I liked, uh, I thought Tommy Lee Jones was great. I it was thought, one of the things I had down. Uh, Alicia Vikander was great. So I thought mm-hmm. the perf- the performances all the around I thought lady. were good. Now I am getting some <laughs> disagreement on Vikander, so we'll have that conversation. Yes. But I would rather ha- I want to have this conversation first, which is what about Greengrass? How do you feel about the direction of this? Do you feel like he brought back what you loved about Ultimatum and Supremacy oh, yeah. or, or, okay. For the simple fact that with Supremacy and Ultimatum, they definitely had that feel to it. And I'm not just talking about, you know, the shaky cam or anything like that, which I actually think that they kind of pulled back a little bit in this Oh, uh, it's still there, though. Oh, it's still if there. If you Don't get, get motion sick, you, there may be some moments. Yeah. 
Um, but it just feels like a born movie. And yeah. that's because Paul knows these movies. They're his lifeblood, even in a sense. And he just knows how to make these movies. And I'm excited to see this one. He's super good. So, um, yeah, I, I think I really like having him back. He's one of my favorite directors. Yeah, he's done uh, Captain Phillips. He's done... Uh, well, he did United 93, which is one of my favorite oh, yeah, movies of all time. Other... Um, that movie's so sad. And in what he did with the second and third Bourne movies, I've always thought were, you know, was incredible. I love his very realistic style. Here's my problem, and maybe I'll start getting into the, into the negatives a little bit, and we can talk about Vikander as well. Okay. My problem is, I feel like he moved this m- movie more towards fast and furious in some ways where some of the action was so over the top and like ridiculous and some of those car wrecks and chases and different things that happened. I won't spoil, you know, any of the specifics where I was just like, I don't know. I remember the, the violence and the action in the other movies being so grounded and so real. And so, and in this one, I felt like there was so much action at some point it just became noise yeah. You know, it just became noise on the screen and I just wasn't impressed and I was ready to, you know, kind of get on to the next plot point. 100% agree with you on that. Okay. It's definitely more action film than spy thriller. Yeah. Than what you saw in the other ones. Another thing before we get into the cons, I just wanted to say Sure. really liked Vincent Castle's character or Cassell, however you pronounce it. Okay, name. who's that? He was the asset. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure. And for the simple fact that and this is kind of spoilerish, but I'm not giving well, too don't much do it, away. Man. No spoilers. But uh Normally in the Bourne series, the assets, the people that he fights, they're they're just monitor. They don't have lines or anything. They actually gave this asset a backstory. In this yeah, one. yeah. And I thought he's one of my favorite. He's an amazing actor. I loved him in like uh, Ocean's Twelve. Mm-hmm. He was in Eastern Promises. He's an amazing actor. And whenever I heard that he was going to be in this movie, I was like, well, if he's going to be the asset, then they're actually going to have to give him, you know, something <laughs> to say. And I really liked him. I yeah, I think he, he does really well. Good. I think he does well as well. Danae, do you know what do you know what we're talking about when we say like the asset? An asset in a spy movie is like the person you can call to do the dirty work that isn't technically a part of your you know association and that kind of thing. So yeah, have you ever seen the Bourne films? Have you seen any of them? Yeah, I've seen all of them. Okay, so you know like whenever they're like you're making activated. the call to yeah. the guy. Yeah, so yeah, the hit guy that comes after him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And mm-hmm. I thought, and I thought it was really cool that they gave him a backstory in this as well. Yeah. Um. So tell me what you didn't like about Vikander. I thought she was monotone. She had no facial expressions. But I thought that was purposeful. I That's thought that was a Botox. performance. <laughs> no, but honestly, like it, it was just so I just couldn't buy it because coming straight off Ex Machina, the movie she did before this uh-huh. one. I thought she had more personality in Ex Machina where she played a robot. No. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. I, I'm, I'm planting my feet in the ground. That's this, fine. This That's is the fine. hill I'm going to die on right here. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I was not a fan of her performance at well, all. Well, plot twist. Uh, she actually is the robot from Ex Machina. In, in this, this movie. Yeah, they've actually combined the worlds. And, Ooh. Uh, yes. She is. Uh, no, I and, and that's why I actually made that joke after the movie, right? And yeah. that was why I made that joke is I feel like her performance is very robotic. There's something very, um, to me, very steady and grounded about it that I thought was intentional. So I, I thought it was, you know, a good performance by her. But, you know, I guess it's because I've seen her in other things like, um, oh, what was the Oscar bait last year with... Um, uh, about the first transgender... Oh, uh, the man, uh, Eddie Redmayne it? movie? Yeah, yeah. I can't remember what it's called, but she was in that as well. Yeah, yeah. She was nominated, I think, for that. And 
And she was very, um, like her performance was very different. She was in The so, Man from Uncle. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I saw was, that one. Um, and so, so Danish Girl. Is the, the Danish movie. Girl. Yeah, that's what right. I'm thinking about. Yeah. And uh, and so I know she has range, and so to see her pull it back like that, I thought was an intentional intentional thing. What about you, Aaron? What was one of the things you didn't like about the movie? I the tech stuff in this drove me crazy. The oh, technology it was, stuff. It was beyond ridiculous. It was ridiculous. Okay, that's frustrating. But you've talked about this in movies before. You don't mind like going into technology scenarios like in Minority Report, you yeah, know, yeah, kind yeah. of where it's like this interesting thing, but when it does not actually make any sense, like see through screens really you hate. <laughs> well, I mean and, and if that's a part of the future then fine. I you know, I just I, I that's a specific thing. But for this it's more along the lines of the stuff and I think Mr. Robot has spoiled us because everything is so real about the technology in that movie, how they hack, all that kind of you stuff. You mean the TV show? I, sorry, yes. I, it, it, there's no, no difference it's, anymore. It's like a movie. <laughs> um, we felt like that about the Stranger Things last yeah. week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was good. Um, but in this, it's just like things that would never happen. Computers do not work that way. Uh, the, one of the main things that bothers me are graphical interfaces, where they put this beautiful, like you know, graphical interface on something that's happening inside the computer. Bring up which screen never... four and then a bunch of lights flash and yeah, explosions it's just like, and then screen four. It's no, like CSI that's stuff. wasted RAM. Like nobody would program software to do that. Like yeah. it's all internal. Let it be internal. You don't have to, like there's no purpose to it. There's no purpose to it showing those things in that way. It doesn't help the user. It doesn't, you know, it's not user based. It well, just, that kind of stuff just really annoys real me. Real time. Yeah, it's just, so th- in this movie is full of it i mean from beginning to end that annoyed me in this movie there is one particular thing i'm going to talk about in spoilers but yeah i 100 another thing in this every single born movie he gets another thing revealed about his past right right i was not a fan of what they were trying to go for in this one i agree and one of the reasons i wasn't you can tell me yours i think it's too simple i think this movie is yeah. just too one. simple oh you mean as far as like the complexity of his particular yeah. story yeah because that's, that's nothing what to drives it. this yeah. this content for me right and that's why i'm in for so long is it's a continued mystery so that's a little bit of a bummer to hear i yes. doesn't mean i'm not gonna watch it because i do like the series and my husband mm-hmm. is super excited to go yeah i just i felt like there was too much convenience too much simplicity and i i missed what i loved about the other born movies even even the fourth one i kind of like the fourth one more than a lot of people do um renner's yeah renner's uh, born movie and they all had that intellectual stimulation and i just did not feel it in this one and it left me wanting something that wasn't there that's why i've been calling this one the born mediocrity that's uh Aww, born, that's kind of sad jason born yeah, that's so. kind of sad well you guys ready to move on to one more thing <laughs> yep yeah one more thing what do you got andrew uh let's see what i had uh this does fit right into the anthology pretty much what i wrote down is the reason why it feels like it does and why it fits perfectly even though it's not a perfect movie is because paul greengrass and matt damon are just so perfect yeah they're good so yeah they're like a marriage my one more thing kind of goes along with that my one more thing is uh despite not loving this movie and and actually thinking it's the worst of the five uh i want more like i still want more from this world and i hope they make more because i do love greengrass and i i do think damon is great as this character so um, that would be my one more thing is I actually would like to see some more sequels. So Wow. Or the Expanded Universe. I thought the stuff they were doing know. with the Expanded Universe stuff was kind of cool. I don't know. I, I feel like they should just put a cap on it and, and call it 
call it good. Well, if, and if you, I know that because you don't want to go out with your fans on a bad note. You don't want to make that one more movie that just sours the entire experience. Yeah. Because the thing that you have in this movie and other movies is you're watching not just the people progress and the story progress, like you're watching the actors progress. You're, you're almost like paying homage to this franchise. And I don't spoil it. Agree. I agree. But here's the thing. No Hollywood franchise ends on a good movie. They'll always make another one if they make a good one and it Somebody makes money. Has to stop them. It always ends when As there's the a bad one. As the ambassador of so. pop culture for the entire world. <laughs> I'm telling you now, my goal is We want our last to... bite to be good. Yes, and It's on like a when you save that last peanut and it's burnt or something yeah. and you didn't realize it and you throw it in your mouth and it's, it's like, good example. Oh, why do I have to finish on that taste? So did this have a burnt peanut taste for you? <laughs> That's or... right. <laughs> cool. Well, right, I guess let's... you would recommend this movie? Uh, I w- I'd, st- I'd still recommend it. I, I would, we, we kind of, you know, trashed on it at the end, but there's still a lot of good things here. I would, if you're a fan of the Bourne movies, yes, of course, I think you should see it. Do you um, think it's something, you know, definitely need to see in the theaters? I think you may have a disappointing experience. I, I, I do want that to be clear. I think many Bourne fans may have a disappointing experience with this. And if you're not a Bourne fan, I don't think there's a lot here for you. Maybe. And that's another thing with the Bourne films. You can't just go and see one movie. You have to start mm. from the beginning and that's even true in this one, I think. If you haven't seen a single Bourne movie, this is going to be a very confusing movie. I think that's probably right. So yeah. you would recommend it to a Bourne fan for sure. Yeah. A little iffy on the non-Bourne be, fan. But with, with caution. You what know, about be aware you might be disappointed. Violence level still the same? I thought it was less violent, tone, actually. Toned back. Actually. I thought it was really? toned back, yeah. Okay. I thought the violence was toned back. I thought the swearing was toned back. I thought it was Which a pretty light PG-13, yeah. With as action-packed and crazy as this movie was, the violence and stuff was still it doesn't make sense sort of now that i'm trying to say well, the it. violence in the firstborn movies was so visceral like yeah, it was so it was hand-to-hand, hand-to-hand combat, combat and, what oh, just yeah. happened <laughs> yeah andrew did you, did you, did you that's what the ambassador that does today that's what the ambassador does that's yes. right i i am so the right way that i influence you all to speak that's right. my words that's right so before, though, we go on to our buried treasure, uh, in the chat, BDG brought up that Matt Damon has decided to take a year off of acting, and he just announced it yesterday oh, on the Today Show. So I thought that was interesting, because he wants to spend time with family. He's been doing a lot of movies and has one more coming out. So here's something I've always wondered about. Maybe we can chat about this for just a second. Like, when actors are making so much money, actors and actresses, uh, when I say actors, I mean both genders, usually, um... They're making so much money. They could obviously do this, right? Like, they have so much put away if they're being smart. They don't have to. They can make one movie for $20 million, and they won't have to work for a long, long time, right? That's my assumption, but I don't know so, how much they have to pay for, you know, their acting fees. and Yeah, their all, agents, the agents and all that. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure there's a whole world we don't understand. So it surprises me that more of them don't do this, where they just take really, like, long hiatuses. Well, they, they only have their youth for so long. Well, that's true you know as well. I mean? Yeah, as an actor, you have to if you're if you're a big time actor, you really have to think about pacing yourself. And he said, "I took a bunch of roles in a row. I've done four straight movies in a row, and I have one more to go. And after years of dragging them all over the world, uh, he's dragging great, who all over the world? His family, his oh, okay, kids. Okay. Yeah, he's like, uh, so he's going to give them a break. They're really good sports. They're great travelers. But I'm excited to finish this year oh, of work cool. and take a year off and be at their behest for once." I like to think that he, he this is his quote. <laughs> Be, Be at their, their behest. behest. Oh, Matt Damon. So. It, makes me rem- it makes me think of Rick Moranis. Do you remember Rick Moranis? Yeah, from- another example uh, of and- a dad who decided to 
completely turn his back on yeah. Hollywood. And well, not just for a while, but, you know, just said, a life decision. Yeah. He just said, you know what? I, I don't want to act anymore. I want to be, you know, with my family and I've made enough from this to, you know, support us and, and do all that kind of stuff. So I, I get thinking about that a lot of times. Like, you know, what would I do? Like if all of a sudden I were famous enough of an actor that I'm pulling in $15 million for a movie or something, is it something I would want to keep doing? Well, let's say let's say what we do, right? Like, you know, even just doing podcasting, all of a sudden we have sponsors who are going to pay us, you know, millions of dollars to do this. Okay. W- would we, you know, <laughs> after we make the first 20 million, you know, would we stop or do we do it because we love it and we want to fill our time with I it? I would st- I would do it as long. I, I love. I'm See, having, that's the I'm other thing, right? I'm having the time right? of my life. Right. Yeah, you yeah. actually had a tweet. You said, if I just had a revelation, if I realized that um, I would be doing exactly what I'm doing now. If money weren't even if an option. If money weren't even an option. Yeah, if I were independently wealthy and I had to fill my time with some purposeful work, so I, feel like the I hope, would be doing this. The hope, I think, for me would be that these actors have that experience. They would be doing it no matter what because yeah. they love it. So if I was going to be making a large amount of money doing what I'm doing, I think I would just try to figure out a way to manage it and make possible for other people to be included in that stream of, right. of wealth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of in the I revenue stream. I would employ people. What I'm not I- talking about people to like massage therapy and grapes and stuff. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Absolutely. Well, are you going to Buried Treasure? Yeah, let's do some Buried Treasure. Do you want me to start this week? Danae, start us off. I wanted to do two things. I wanted to give a quick update on Dexter and then talk about a podcast that I'm hosting okay. on. So I'm going to do two Also, ones. you need to let Andrew know if you've watched the thing that, that he has suggested two weeks in a row that you watch and that you have agreed that you would watch. Andrew, can I ask you a question? <laughs> uh, can I ask you a question, Andrew? Yeah. What was the name of that thing again? Flashpoint Paradox. <laughs> I gotta write that down in a place you I don't, don't lose even it. know what it's called. <laughs> that is the worst. It is the worst. I'm the worst. Flashpoint. F L A S H P O I N T P A R A D O X. Yeah. Flashpoint Paradox. Do you mind if I go first this week? Is that okay? Oh, yeah, go sure. for it. All right. So, uh, My Buried Treasure is actually gonna be a book, it's actually a book series. Okay. And the reason why I'm using it as my buried treasure is because they're going to be making a movie series about this book series. And it's already one of your favorite books? It's my favorite media of all time. Whoa! Whoa. More than any movie, any... um, This is like a big Any TV show, any music. This is my favorite thing ever. Is it it fantasy? Yes. (gasps) Can I make a guess? Yes. Is it Aragon? No. Is that what it's called? (laughs) Yeah. I, my boys were reading Aragon. Aragon. Yeah, yeah. And it's a book series I've been reading <gasps> since the 90s. Oh, is it the one with the mouse? No. <laughs> the one with the mouse? <laughs> Steven, it's Stephen King. Okay. Is it Dark Tower? It's the Dark Tower <gasps> series. Yeah. They're doing the Dark Tower series? They're doing the Dark Tower series, and it's Kid. one of the most controversial um, films being made right now. Wow. Because Idris Elba is going to be playing Roland Shane. That's con- controversial because in the book series, Roland Shane is white, Idris Elba is not. And uh, from what are we saying that the uh, movie's not really going to follow the progression of the story? It's going to be its own thing. How do you feel about all that? Uh, I'm nervous. Yeah? I'm really nervous. I think we're always nervous with things we love, right? Yeah. Like anytime somebody touches something that we have, that we cherish. I, I was nervous way, about, find- I was nervous about Finding Dory. Yeah. You know, because I oh, love Finding Nemo so much. Oh, that but, movie's good. Yeah, Finding Dory's great. So you, yeah. you never know. And that's, you know, one of the reasons to keep an open mind. But So for those of you out there who do not know what uh, the Dark Tower series is, it's Stephen King's Lord of the Rings, pretty much. He, uh, a lot of people don't know this, but uh, Stephen King books have an expanded universe. They're all connected. 
So you'll see characters from it pop up every now and then in like 112263 or uh, people from The Shining show up in Misery and uh you're Crazy. if you're not if you haven't read all the books you just think that there are people that they meet along the way but it's all connected. Oh interesting. And the reason why they're all connected is because of the Dark Tower series. And so it's basically the Stephen King expanded universe. Yes, exactly. That's really smart of them. And another interesting thing is that it's not just Stephen King books that you find in the Dark Tower series. He pulls the most iconic things from media and he puts it in the dark tower so series. it's stephen king's once upon a time yeah you have characters from harry potter in the dark tower series you have characters from the wizard of oz you have characters from everything wow and from uh the gunslinger the first book i think uh, the books are gunslinger drawing of the three uh the wastelands wolves of the Kala, song of Susanna, uh went through the keyhole uh do it. Then, uh, you got this. Then the final book's The Dark Tower. That was impressive. And there's one more book. Oh, uh, uh, Wizard and Glass. Nicely which is done. my favorite. Round of applause. I did it, ladies Round and gentlemen. So, that, was, that was good. That was yeah. impressive. Um, it's the only book series I've read that I, after reading the whole thing, I actually called in sick to work because I was so messed up that it was over. Oh, and, uh, you had to have like a release. Yeah, because of the way that the book ends, it's... One of my favorite endings of anything ever. And uh, the fact that they're making it into a movie is really exciting. They're filming it right now in South Africa. Very cool. They've been releasing photos from the set. Oh, And if buddy. you follow me on YouTube, I'm sorry, I'm plugging right now. No, no worries, do it. But if you follow me on YouTube at Flick Freaks, every now and then I'll post videos about the progression of the movie. So if you want to know what's going on, since it's my favorite thing of all time... I'm definitely going to be following it very carefully. Awesome. I love it. Awesome. What about you, Danae? Uh, well, mention, I started watching Dexter, and um, I decided I can't watch it anymore. You can't watch Dexter anymore? Yeah. No. I decided it got to the point I can't do it. It's It got to the point... If you, I get it. I totally there's, understand. There's a backstory to why Dexter is the way that he is. Yeah. And in the first season, there's you know this revealing several revealing moments, flashbacks that he starts to have. I'm already a little uncomfortable uh, watching somebody kill people. Can it's I already, ask, can I ask how far you got? What? Didn't yeah, but she didn't get far enough. But I think I think it's kind of like the um, like any of the others. Well, Mr. Ro- Mystery, Mr. Robot was the same way for Castle, you. It was too dark. It was, yeah. Cast, but, you know, all these shows amplify murder and they bring it to the forefront and mm-hmm. talk about it and solving murders. There's so many different shows out there and I've watched many, many of them, but for some reason, Dexter's just like, it's so, like, it, it, the murder that Dexter witnesses when he's a kid is the most horrific thing I've ever seen with my own eyes. Mm. And I know that it's fake and I know this is just a show. But it is so realistic and so disturbing that I just don't, I don't know that I want to keep going. Into that world. Yeah, because they- No, I get it. The, the first, the, the reason that he's even triggered to have these horrible flashbacks is because of another horrible murder scene that he has to go into. I don't know if you guys remember this. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. The, the yep. Room 103 is yeah. what I'm talking about. When he goes into Room 103, it was, it, it messed me up a little bit. And it didn't mess me up like seven. Seven messed me up so bad I couldn't speak for about two days. Mm. I just like that, that movie. Is took one of the me... darkest movies of all time. Yeah, and I can't. That's one of the reasons why movies are, I get really nervous about going to them because they mess with me. And did Fincher make seven? Way. Yeah, is that Fincher film? Okay. So anyway, anyway, 
update. I think I'm done with Dexter. Okay. I just want to let you guys know. Um, but I also want to let you know. Did that you finish the first season? I don't think so. Okay. I think I'm. I think I waffled at like episode thirteen. I think I'm on thirteen. Okay. And I just don't. I don't know if I can keep going. Yeah, don't. Um, There's no reason to. Uh, but I did guest star on a podcast. Aaron was on the Horrible Movie Podcast last week. I was. I'm guest starring this week. Hey! So I got to watch the movie Curl, which is a <laughs> high fantasy sci-fi movie from the 80s. And it was Some of the best special effects you'll ever see. Oh, I know Curl. <laughs> epically, amazingly, horribly incredible at the same time. Yeah. And we just so go good, into so it. So bad it's awesome. I had such a great time recording it. And I started listening to it this morning. And it was a lot of fun to listen to. So we love Jack. Jack's one of our gurus who uh, who's on the podcast sometimes. So yeah, guys, thanks again for having me on and go listen to it. It's the horrible movie podcast. That's right. Which you can find on iTunes and Stitcher and Google Play, Google Store, Play Store, anywhere you find your podcasts. Aaron, what's your buried treasure? My buried treasure. I don't know. I think I'm going to go with So You Think You Can Dance the Next Generation. Dance, dance, dance. Um, the reason is I was, I was really excited about a couple things with this. Number one, kids doing amazing things always impresses me. Uh, like I'm always just like, how is that 10 year old doing that? You know, like how is that, you know, like the, the pianists are the one that really get me because yeah. their fingers are teeny tiny. How are they doing yes. these incredible, you know, what are they called? Sonnets. I'm not mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. And yeah, absolutely. So to watch these kids dance is impressive. I also love that Maddie Ziegler was going to be on it as a judge the weakest part of that show for me has always been the judging panel, um, and because I just don't think they have a good sense of what makes. Is that the Sia good... girl? Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. So she's the one, and so she's going to be, and because she's younger and she's a kid dancer, she's going to do it. But she, like... I think, I remember you guys saying that mm-hmm. once before that yeah. she was going to be on the yeah. judge. So I was excited about that, and it turns out she's just not that great of a judge. Like, and that's nothing against her. Like some people, that's just not what they're meant to do. But she's another Paula. It is. It's just more like everything's great and a lot of cliches. You no, know, I and... really liked her music. I love the music. The costumes were so good. You're so and pretty. Like, you're and... so pretty. Yeah. And Would you just... honestly want a little kid seeing another? Kid being torn down though, but you no. Yeah. But see, here's but the she thing: you can be constructive. No, no, no. You can be constructive, and I've seen judges do it well. And I think if Maddie could have used her, because I'm sure she has expertise on this stuff. She's been to, dancing her to, whole life to find you know tune on some stuff. I love 10, judges so dancing her whole life's Really, I'm well, not Maddie, she, she was amazing. Maddie's like 15 or 16 now, isn't she? No, yeah, but no still, idea. still, she's. I, I mean, she's, she's young. But, you know, for me, my favorite judges are judges like Harry Connick Jr. or Ben Folds from uh, The Sing-Off, where they know a lot and they find ways to be, you know, constructively critical and you learn something from them. I want to learn something about dance from these judges. I just I don't want them to say things I already can tell myself. But she I, is thir- so, so you don't 13. like the Howie Mandels or the... Uh, Osborne, Sharon Osborne's. Were they just like the yes and right. people? Yeah. Right, yeah. This is my favorite thing in the world. Yeah, exactly. I like I can it. decide that myself. You Tell me something I don't know. So yeah. I've been a little bit disappointed in that. Having said that, she's such 13. a beautiful. Maddie is. She's thirteen. So as a thirteen-year-old girl, I guess I can understand the yeah, vocabulary. Sure. No, 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 sure. No, <laughs> and no, no. lack I, of confidence. And I didn't want it to be. I, I really didn't want it to be a tear on her. It's just you know I on was, judging I, in general. Yeah, on judging yeah. in general. And uh, but the show itself, I'm always in on the dancing. The dancing on that show is so emotional, so incredible. And to watch these little kids do it adds another element to it. I've cried more already in this season. So you think you can dance than I have in, in really? all the others? Yes, because I wow. mean these kids are so powerful, and their stories are so powerful. Akita, who is my favorite uh, on the show, has this incredible uh, like he, he's to with, sit there he's and with, talk uh, about. 
Fiction. Fiction, who won a couple seasons ago. Um, to hear him talk about uh, his father's death and how, you know, he wants to... He feels the pressure. He feels the pressure of that. Like becoming and the man of the home. Becoming the man yeah. of his... Yeah, all that stuff just is really emotional. And and so... It's I, like I, me on The Biggest Loser. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, God, it's makeover week. Here we go. <laughs> Here come the waterworks. <laughs> I thought for a second there... <laughs> for so a true. second there, I was thinking, like, you were going on as a contestant. I'm like, Andrew, you're, like, totally fit. Like you would never no, make no, it like watching. I'm, no, like, I get it get now. Emotional. I get it now. I get it now. No, I do. Good yeah, stuff. yeah. Makeover week. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Sif Pop Podcast today. It is part of the Shoe the Dough Podcast Network. You can find out more about other live and later shows on the network by following the feed at mixler.com/slash shoe the dough. That's M-I-X-L-R dot com slash shoe the dough. And then when you go that, you go that route to the show reel, you can listen to the pre and post show. You actually That's get to true. hear how this uh, podcast is recorded on Mixler. If you're interested in how the sausage is made. Yes. That's where you want to go. It does feel like sausage because there are sections to it. <laughs> that is true. So that's true. Uh, if you want to find out more about Aaron and Danae, you can check out AaronAndDanae.com. Huge thanks to Andrew Ormsby from Flick Freaks for being here today. Uh, Send people you where you want them to go, Andrew. If you head over to YouTube.com forward slash Flick Freaks, you will find Let's Plays, reviews, reaction videos, all the nerd nerdiness that you could ever ask <laughs> yeah. for. If you want to find us on social medias, pretty much just type in your favorite social media forward slash Flick Freaks and you'll probably find us. Much love and gratitude also to our Patreon supporters for giving monthly to make this show and others on the Shoe the Dough Network possible. Support starts at a buck a month. Comes with some pretty fun perks. You can find out more at patreon.com slash shoe the dough. Also, if you know of a podcast or have a podcast idea that you'd like to see on the network, let us know. All feedback is welcome at Aaron and Danae at gmail.com. All right, I think I got it. That's just what we do. <laughs> just happened. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.